Hey everybody, it's Felipe. I'm not on this episode, but I wanted to jump on right before to make a little announcement. This only applies if you're listening on April 25th, okay? So that's, this episode's a little late, it's coming out on on April 25th. So the two things you should know are this. First of all, tomorrow, Tuesday, April 26th, Raisin Man Arena is going to be doing a live show at Purgatory in Brooklyn. There's going to be stand-up from Faria Khan. There's going to be stand-up from Steve Gerrard. And there's going to be stand-up from Eric Rahill. So you're not going to want to miss. And then us hosting, doing little hosting bits and kind of riffing in between. And then a, a DJ set from DJ Alex Bliss. Um, so so if, you look at, if you're looking at your calendar and it says April 25th right now, mark... April 20, mark tomorrow and come. And, and if you're listening to this on April 26th, it, well, it's your lucky day because it's today at 8 p.m. And look, we're trying to start as close to 8 p.m. as possible. So just imagine door 7.30, okay? 8 p.m., Purgatory, Brooklyn, April 26th, Tuesday. Um, so come. I would tell you to pre-buy tickets, but apparently you have to download an app. And, you know, honestly, I don't think that's worth it. But make yourself come there. Second of all, we're going to have an, a sort of emergency makeup episode tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. So Tuesday, April 26th, 8 a.m. If you're someone who likes to tune in uh, live, then you're going to want to be getting a good night's sleep tonight, go to sleep at 8 p.m. so that you get a full 12 hours, and then you wake up, first thing you do is you open the Twitch. Um, so that's all. I hope you enjoy the episode with uh, Sam, Sarah, and my good friend, our good friend, Julia Mounsey. Raisin Man Arena. All right, what's up? Welcome. Uh, this is Raisin Man. Today is 420. It's our 420 special. We're high as fuck. That's why oh, it is. It's so hard <laughs> for us to figure this shit out, man. Uh, yeah, I'm super stoned. Uh, man, we're getting a lot of really early participation in the chat, which is awesome, because sometimes it's a little quiet. You know, good morning. Who's here? What are you guys doing? They were helping us troubleshoot. Really good Twitch. This is Mark. Hey, Mark. It sounds good. Sounds good. Can hear you all. Wow. That fucking rules. All right. What's up? So we got to do an introduction for our guests. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you hear the word theater, it evokes a lot of... <laughs> it evokes a lot of... Bad feelings. feelings. Bad feelings. <laughs> I don't want to see that. And different things for different people. From the first caveman who told <laughs> stories around the fire yeah. to the Globe Theater of Shakespeare's <laughs> Elizabethan mm-hmm. England. To Hamburg. <laughs> to Hamburg. Um, anyway, yeah, I think it's funny to talk about theater because I have a lot of positive <laughs> associations with it. Because really? My roommate Peter is an actor, and he was mm-hmm. always interested in theater when we were in high school in a way that felt um, serious and interesting. That was not informed by mm-hmm. like wanting to sing Oklahoma yeah. or anything like that. Real quick. It, our guest is Julia Mouncey, who's a, a great theater uh, maker in and, New York City. An artist. Thank an you. Artist. And yes. a, a kind of Thanks, uh, European and American now. That's right. Yeah. Julia just got back from Germany, where she did her first international run <laughs> of her famous play. <laughs> of my attack. famous play. Uh, <laughs> And they translated it and everything. And she was there for months working on that. And now she's back. Before that, she mm-hmm. had a play on at Soho Rep mm-hmm. that Brian Fidiment was a star of. Yeah. Yeah. And he was really good in it. And Julia works alone. And she doesn't have any collaborators. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have any long-term creative an partnership. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I kind of have a singular vision. Yeah, and that's what's special about me. Work with Peter Mills Weiss. Mm-mm. Um, 
Yeah. Great. So so continue with so, what oh, we were saying. So I was just yeah. going to say that I Peter was always like coming to New York and seeing like real plays that you never heard of about things like sexual abuse or <laughs> <laughs> a thing I've nice. never heard of yeah. called sexual abuse. <laughs> yeah, or like um I don't know, reflections in the life of a town or right. you know, yeah. I, right. just like things that weren't yeah, yeah. Uh, how the history of sugar is is encoded racially. Totally. You know, right, totally, right. totally. Yeah. Told like song. Meanwhile in school, we're only seeing plays. I remember I went to see a play about um who was the man who ran for president who was the heart surgeon? Doctor Ben Dunno. Oh Carson. Carson. I went to see a play about Ben Carson. <laughs> So that was like the kind of place that I was seeing, but I knew that there was this world that oh, was Oh, Ben like, Carson. I thought you were talking about a more a, a historical figure. Yeah. No, I'm I mean, I guess he is. He too, is. But. He was already being historicized before they had any idea that he was going to Didn't he die? He died of COVID, didn't he? No. <laughs> I think you're thinking of a different politician. I'm thinking of a different guy. You're thinking of yeah. Herman Cain, I think. That's yeah, right. I'm thinking of Herman Cain. <clears throat> Felipe is here. <laughs> Will sent me a funny photo of us like trying to figure out the. <laughs> 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 uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Felipe, it's been it going really smoothly. Um, tell us if it doesn't sound Julie, good. Julie, because... would this be useful to you at all? This stool, this <laughs> thing in any way for yeah. your feet or to sit on or something? Hey, put your feet up. Kind of like half off the bed. And I'm... Maybe as like a, a thing okay. to prop my feet up on. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> the light is really Sam's like a gentleman. But be careful. Um, yeah, Felipe, if you got any notes. Oh yeah, that's the spice. Anyway, theater has oh, this perfect. association with being corny and the people who do it as being. Yes. Um, <clears throat> also corny and i'll say you know i've met mm-hmm. some people in this world and they are that even the ones who work on the serious and stuff they, are that, they have yeah. a little bit of a spirit of right uh I would deep s- uncoolness i would say that about myself that i have a spirit of deep uncoolness that i'm constantly <laughs> constantly trying to suppress because i hang out with people who are really cool yeah who come from different backgrounds and it's actually a thing i tried on someone else and, as my own opinion but uh cool <laughs> you were like it's so hard to make theater in new york city now because oh, it's yeah. so there's so much there's so little space it's so expensive to do that the only people who make theater are like girl boss like <laughs> like ceos who yes. like were like a mm. plus students throughout college or whatever and then are like Want, go to New York City and and sort of like try and reproduce the industry as much as possible to the highest level. Totally. Or the thing that they're totally. dialing in is something that's very um, professionalized and that's yes. their artistic goal. And there's mm-hmm. no real motivating impulse besides like, let's do the thing. Hey guys, we're going to do the thing. Right. Like, yeah, they just want to <laughs> execute something and there's yeah. no, no desire to experiment or anything. Whereas my idea of theater when I was in high school and college was, all right, it's the 70s, you're a lesbian, all your friends are lesbians, you have a basement and you get together <laughs> and you do a different person's play that they wrote mm-hmm. last night every week. Right, and everybody exactly. Comes. Yeah, exactly. and it's raw. Yeah, <laughs> and it's transgressive raw. just by the fact of... Felipe's roasting you in the chat, Sarah. Or what? Sarah uh, sees one play and thinks that's all that's theater right. in NYC. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What play? What play is he talking about? Uh, I wonder if the people who read it would listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, My I play? Went, I went to see a play at this place, fifty nine E fifty nine, which is like a pay to play operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told and, me about this play. Yeah, and I just felt about the whole institution of like, wait, they pay to have the play be here, and like the script was yeah, very psycho. educational, psycho about women's history. What is yeah. the fucking point? What? What is the point? Yeah, what is the point? Whose idea was this? And I was like, it just seems like someone found a way to get $60,000 or something. And they were like, okay, let's do that. Um, Why don't we do a play? What else? Uh, women. It could be about women's history. Yeah. <laughs> the, his- yeah. the history of white women. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I just feel like it's so hard to put on a play, right? You got to get actors. You got to get a uh, production designer. <laughs> it's very hard to do uh, lo-fi. Gay Wario says that venue sucks. Yes, that's right. Who is Gay Wario? I don't yeah, know. Is, what's funny about that is it's run by this woman. Okay, my roommate Peter told me this, so I hope it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, run by a woman who like uh, came from a rich real estate owning family mm-hmm. and sold some of their properties and then bought this building across from Trump Tower, which is 5959, and um, turned it into theaters and... She, where she is kind of like big a mad mistake. queen. First big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Theaters. Yeah. And what bothers me about it is I'm like, wait, you were so like almost there. Like you inherited a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. You wanted to do something to support Tick. art. Right. Tick. But then you made it into a corporate we work of theater making. That sucks. <laughs> that does really suck. You know, just burn the fucking money and like run a cool theater. But I mm-hmm. think a lot of times you, you happen to be rich. You don't happen to have great taste. So you get, you're kind of. You know, you're stuck I know on, they're never the person never seems to have both a lot of money and good taste. Yeah, I've never seen that before. <laughs> is it is what we're saying, Julia? Like true in your experience that there's like theater has it's it's so corporatized that there's like there isn't like a cool punk DIY version of it, or that's hard to create. Oh, no, I kind of I don't know. I I kind of feel like there used to be. I feel like when I when I graduated college and I was like interning for all the directors that I loved, there was a little bit more. It seems like there was more of a scene, for lack of a better word, like just uh, just more young people like making weird stuff in weird places. Um, and now, I don't know. Like even before the pandemic, I I was really feeling like. Peter and I were talking about this. It's like, who are we, who are we in community with? I'm not totally sure anymore. Mm. And maybe, and I don't know why that is. I think it's because a lot of people just stop, just like get to a point in their lives when they like maybe start to feel older and they're like, I'm not, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Mm. I want to like leave the city and, and live in Hudson and live in Hudson and um, get pregnant or something. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It, it feels a little bit, there does seem to be a little bit of a, of a vacuum right now, but maybe it's just because I'm out of touch or maybe it's just a post-pandemic thing of like hmm. everybody just kind of stopped making work and we're just sort of waiting to hmm. get started again. And Julia used to work with young Jean Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the golden Who's, who's now yeah. a controversial figure. Yes, and you had right. to take her Is side she? in the young Jean Lee I versus think so. Jeremy O'Harris. I took uh, no one's side. Well, she was. I wasn't working for her when that when that mm. drama was happening. Yeah. That was after my time. She she was controversial because she did, or, or or like I knew her as a controversial figure before the Jeremy O'Harris beef because she did a play at Brown straight white men yeah where she workshopped it. that was the play i worked on okay Whoa. like af- so after she did it at brown well she yeah, yeah, yeah one of my friends was in that was one of the three white guys in it and and he yeah. was like we improved a lot yeah yeah and yeah then she just like I took had, all those lines mm-hmm. and wrote them I, in her play i had a friend who was part of that process too Zach. yeah um and he yeah it was the same thing there was a lot of like a lot of uh, uh devised work that went into it and she just kind of like sucked it up mm, and was devising. like it's my play devising this is a classic move, which is like right? which is like <laughs> classic <laughs> move, which i do like we did that's how we made while you were partying with brian you just let him go but off you got him kind of mad and you we got him kind of <laughs> mad I, I, I kept yelling at him that he was short and yeah. he just went nuts and that's the play 
Well, we're going to devise this podcast episode. Yeah. This is kind of like devised later. later. (laughs) Let's just get up and walk around the room and kind of like, if you, if you want to walk into the corner, you guys ever done viewpoints? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know about that stuff. <laughs> I haven't done that. Did you? Um, why did you start doing theater? Um, I was friends with a. Uh, I made friends with Sam Mayer in college. Pool boy, he's called Pool boy. Pool boy of Pool boy fame. Um, and he was a playwright, and I thought that he was really, really cool. Yeah, and I wanted to do theater because I wanted him to like me. That's it is, cool. It I is. Mean, but I didn't always how it works. Too. Is it's like you you identify who you think the cool kids are. Yeah, I thought I was like Sam is the truth. He's the coolest person I've ever met in my life. So yeah. if he makes theater, I want to make theater. Yeah. Well, it's I had a kind of my journey was that I wanted to do theater in college, but then there was no cool theater kids in college, Mm-mm. and I thought the comedy kids were cool. Yeah. So that's why I started doing comedy. <laughs> Yeah, the comedy kids were. I went to I went to Bennington, which is such a tiny little place that there was the comedy kids. I don't think there were comedy. There was Stephen Markow. Whoa! Shouts out, shout <laughs> shout out to Stephen Markow. Seriously, yeah. Shouts out to. I remember yes. I took his yeah. workshop, his improv workshop, no when I was way. a freshman, and it was really fun. Wow! Wow! <laughs> and it was really fun. And then he, I guess, wow. got bored and stopped doing it, but it was fun. That's sick. Yeah. I thought he was cool. I oh my god! Well, see, Steve Marco would be one of those guys I'd have a big crush on if I were in college. <laughs> were I think a lot of people had a crush yeah. on him. Good looking guy. Good looking. He was really guy. tall and like tall. weird. And weird. Uh, oh, what a combo! <laughs> <I know. laughs> you don't get Crazy. that a lot in New York City, guys. I know. Tall you don't and get a weird. Lot of tall weird guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever, when I was like a kid, I wanted to do plays because you know, when you're a kid and you're like, we should get together with our friends and write a skit and put it on for our parents. I was Uh, interested in that. Felipe says you should talk with your mouth closer to the mic. And that's the last micromanaged thing that he's going to say. Okay. But what if something else comes up that we need your help? Yeah. But what if there's all of us? (laughs) What if there's another? No, just Sarah. Just Sarah. Okay. Okay. Um, I was interested in doing plays as doing skits for my parents, and I thought that was a cool medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is punk rock. Yeah, <laughs> that is a rich medium in which to, in a which lot to work. Do there, um, but then I think I've never been interested in making work if it's in a genre where I don't feel familiar with like what the what is being done, what has been done. It makes mm-hmm. me feel a little bit like, well, I don't even know where to begin. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I did research in in undergrad. I had like grants for research funding, and I was literally like. <laughs> Okay, so where what don't we know? Where do I have to begin? Yeah. I need to mm-hmm. I need to know the whole history of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, research yeah. is creating new knowledge, mm. and I don't know. And I just found it so like I couldn't wrap my mind around the the premise of doing research. Um, and I feel the same sort of about doing plays, where like I just didn't even know what they were besides Shakespeare, which were boring. Um, and They're I still boring. don't have an appreciation for them. Maybe one. I was, you know. Don't you dare! I've never had love the bard. No, I would love to read one of those plays and authentic. Be like, this is funny. But I know. I know. That. I've never yeah. experienced that either. So, um, and I think that everyone should rhymes. just say it rhymes. It rhymes. Yeah, yeah. But have then, ever, yeah. When I see you and Peter do your shit, I'm like, yo, this is like. Cool. Is cool. cool oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. If I maybe if I could narrate my own journey in discovering who who Julian Mounsey was, um, <clears throat> and if it's not interesting, just stop cool. me. Because I want to tell the young Gene Lee Jeremy O'Hara story because I I have a point <laughs> I want to make about okay, that. Okay. Cool. So. Well, I didn't know who Julia Mouncey was at all, and but then at one point Felipe came to me and we was he was like, "There's these, there's this." festival that's going on in manhattan 
and there's all these comedians in it. Like River was in it, had mm-hmm. a bit in this festival, and there was other um, comedians that we knew. But there's this one play called Fifty Fifty Old School Animation that everybody's talking about. Oh my god, everybody was talking everybody's about it. And people are like walking it? out. Yes. Wow. I didn't it's even know you guys. So sensational. Yeah. Yeah. People are walking out of the theater. Yeah. And <laughs> talking thought, about it. And talking about it. <laughs> and talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> talking about it as they leave. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was quite controversial and. And I looked at the pamphlet and I saw, I guess it must have been a picture of you, but there was all these like trigger warnings like about the play, like beware, (laughs) don't go to this play if this, this, and this, you know, like trigger trigger, warning. And I was like, okay, I this is the play I want to see. Wow. Wow. And I love being triggered. So we went and didn't know what to expect. And I saw the play and I've now seen only another one of your plays, so I know that this is actually now like a theme or or, or a Mm -hmm. way that your work is structured, at Mm -hmm. least some of it. But like the first half, the first maybe like 30 minutes is Julia and she gets on stage and she's just talking to you. Nothing. No one else is on stage, Whoa. and she's talking. How is that to you a play? In a how is that a play? <laughs> yeah. How is that even a play? Uh, Guys in the audience. Is I'd this say, stand? Is this yeah. stand up? Is this, stand is this unfunny stand up? Be like, where's the set? Where's the set? Where's the costumes? Where's the props? Where's the wigs? Where's the second yes. set? If there is not a second set, if I come into the theater and the set is so elaborate that I can tell mm-hmm. they're not going to switch it over, I'm instantly disappointed. Change over yeah. the set. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me look at the same diner table. <laughs> For the same living room. It's Flip Julia it. talking to you for twenty minutes, but she's like cooking a meal <laughs> <laughs> on like a beautiful. What do you call that? Like side. It's like an immaculate yeah. suburban living room. She has a towel yeah. like. Over her. <laughs> like well, customers should be coming in soon. Yeah, Texan accent. Anyways. Um. Yeah, and she, she, t- it, it was really cool because most of the theater you see, you're like. This is fake. I understand this to be fake. This is a character. She's pretending. Mm -hmm. But Julia... (laughs) She's pretending. (laughs) She's pretending. But Julia, you really got the sense that this was a real person telling you a real story. Yeah. And the story is harrowing. And it's a set of thoughts and opinions and feelings and actions that are really, really terrifying Mm. to to imagine or or to, to hear come out of someone's mouth. Yeah. And then the next section You're on of some the, Otessa Moshfeg shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Really, yeah. really, really gruesome, debased thoughts. Um and then the next half of the play is like seems like a completely divorced, separate version, uh, like something completely different. But then you see how it's actually cleverly related to Julia's like 30 minute monologue mm. that's happening for that. And you realize that what you're watching is like a kind of a redone or sort of, yes, a different character from Julia's, from someone that Julia talked about in her monologue. And anyway, I was totally blown away and I thought, okay, this person, Julia Mouncey, she's like the Michael Jordan of New York theater. Yes, I was going to say the Michael Jackson of New York theater. (laughs) Somewhere between a Michael Jackson, like a controversial figure that people are upset by, but whose talent they really respect. Yeah. And... And I okay, so I was like, okay, this is this amazing like famous person, and then, (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, thanks, Sam. Two years later, I'd say she's like 
trying to be friends with Felipe and me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm trying to weasel Whoa. my way into this yeah. friend group. What the hell She's is going, going on? Just keep pushing forward. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was like, I w- this was like early mid COVID, and I was like, she invited us to a party on her roof, and suddenly Julia went from being this like kind of magical figure who you see once on a stage and you think this person's you know you you have the reverence towards them of an artist but now you're just kind of a colloquial friend of now mine. all the mystery is gone but, yeah but it was it was cool to like first be introduced to you as like i was mm-hmm. like oh this person's like a mega star and now wow. they're they're my friend <laughs> which is awesome wow wow that's funny and i'll never i'll never you'll never see me that way again that's funny. No. Which is so sad. <laughs> Unless you do like a dunk or something yeah. like that. Something. A dunk? Like the yeah, career like equivalent a of a dunk. Court. Oh, like yeah. an actual yeah. dunk. Yeah. 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 That's funny. It's making me think about just like your perception of people's, um, based on their work, if you think it's really good, if you don't mm-hmm. know their context, then you would believe proportionally they must be famous because their work is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been, been having this like uh, thought about... Whether or not, okay, so are, do you think your opinion of your own work is like highly informed by what people tell you, like whether or not they think it's good or not? Or do you think you have like a qualitative or objective assessment of how good your work is? Like it made me mm-hmm. wonder, I saw a bad play. Mm-hmm. If the reviews of that play were really good, would the people who made it think we made a really good play? Or do they know? Because the play was bad. It mm-hmm. was obviously bad. It was artistically uninteresting. It's bad I writing. guess that's part of like I don't know maybe that's part of what a skill you 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 got to develop as an artist is like being able to judge your own work. Yeah, because I imagine also like even if you do have success, I don't know. Like I feel like there are a lot of artists where they get a little bit of success and then if they like start doing the same thing and it keeps being successful because people are like, yes, they're doing the same thing and we love it. Yeah, and it must be hard to like judge for yourself if your work is still like up to par totally yeah and yeah. I, I wonder especially like it's easy in comedy comedy is the easiest thing to tell if it's good or not people are laughing or they're not laughing and exactly then there's yeah. other metrics that are like okay well they were laughing but your jokes were racist or something so i wouldn't then <laughs> say that that was good <laughs> right. but it was a success what if like people are laughing sense, but you like, like hate everyone in the audience like everyone in the totally. audience sucks yeah. people so, are laughing but this isn't weird enough for it to be in my niche yeah. like sub common <laughs> scene exactly so it's not you know so straightforward but i just think it is totally obscured to me when we think of like um like lisa fagan that is this great dance theater making person mm-hmm. did the play at life world and like uh I, I think i can tell this helen shaw came and saw it and she didn't review yeah. the life world version but she was like i'm gonna review it the next time and i was like oh and then helen shaw who's the big new york times theater reviewer her review will come out and then lisa will be able to know if the play mm-hmm. was good or not because otherwise it's just like and so it was decreed otherwise how would you know yeah <laughs> how would you know because people will tell you that they liked it but people always tell you they like yeah. things and if you're working in a field that's like uh so experimental and the response is like people are processing it and taking different things away from it you're like okay Mm -hmm. great (laughs) yeah it's also just like i don't know it it was i i feel like doing while you were partying at soho rep was like me we all sort of realized how like truly how much weight uh, a new york times review carries yeah like it just makes or breaks you it's really what, awful what was the moment <laughs> you realized that bring us there <laughs> i think because i don't know there was so much tension waiting for the reviews and they took so long to come out like me peter and brian were just like <laughs> we're so tired yeah, sweating and like we're so tired of feeling this anxious and um so rep does a thing where like 
a lot of theaters do a thing where it's like they have an opening night party on the night the reviews come out. Um, which, but Soho Rep does a thing where they're like, we just want you to celebrate the show, and so we ask the reviews to come out the day a day later, so mm. that you can just the like party. yeah, the day after the party, so that you can just okay. like you can Be just free. celebrate at wow. the party. Yeah. I didn't but realize there was that much communication between <laughs> apparently and yeah. Theater. Apparently, theaters can talk to the <laughs> can talk to the newspapers. And Yo, I have back. a bottle of Jack in my fridge, yeah. and I think I'm gonna drink that tonight. Yeah. So maybe just hold the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not ready. Um, but it had a horrible effect on me because I was just really tense the whole time because I felt it felt like life or death. I mean, I know it's not life. Well, it kind of is life or death. In the in New York the theater, theater world, it has yeah. a big effect on like your ticket sales, which affects yeah. you. That just seems so unbelievable to me. Yeah, and I bring up the Lisa yeah. Fagan thing. I really liked Lisa's play, but it was funny to imagine that like the other things at Life World, like imagine that a New York Times reviewer <laughs> was going to come and say whether or not they liked like Matt Brad's. Well, Helen Shaw hour. works for Variety. Oh, I see Variety. Gotta clear well, that's that up. Important. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good for me to know who works for the New York Times in case they ever come. Um, a bunch of people. The person who came to review our show is named Elizabeth Vincentelli. And she, and she's but a it, fan. Yeah, it also kind of felt like cheating. I was like, I know that she likes us already. How did you know that? Because she she reviewed, or she didn't review it, but she she spoke to us about the show that you were just talking about that we did it under the radar. Got um, it under the radar. Yeah. That's and what's she called. like talked to us and interviewed us, so we knew that she was like into our vibe already. Yeah, but also like it was interesting to talk about. I, I kind of understand why Soho Rep does that with the reviews because Kate, Kate, our lighting designer, our collaborator was talking to us and she's like, yeah, it's it's really crazy when the reviews come out during the party because if they're bad, the party takes a turn and everyone like starts drinking and the vibes are bad. And people start leaving and it gets really sad. Oh. If the reviews are good, the party also takes a turn and people start drinking and it gets crazy. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a very high stress environment that I it, it's, probably wouldn't want. It's funny to imagine because a, a review also isn't like, it's a couple, it's like a couple paragraphs at least. So it's funny. It's not just like it comes out. It's like five stars and people immediately know what the review is. There's got to be like at least a minute and a half. Yeah. Where, where it's silence because people are just reading. Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, and like, and like it's horrible. Like they're like, people are like constantly checking their phones at the oh. party, like waiting for the reviews to drop. It's ugh, mm. disgusting. Oh. So scary. Helen Shaw is at Vulture. Thank you. Gay Wario 69 okay, is really in the know. And Vulture is part of New York Mag. Right, which is why right. I made a mistake. Yeah, you made a big mistake. And I admit it, and I'll be the first to admit it. <laughs> Do you apologize for it? And I apologize for it because they're misleading. Because I know the people in the chat, we don't talk about theater a lot. So they're getting all this and they're just taking it. You know, Most wholesale. of our fans are theater aficionados and freaks. You <laughs> know, so they love it. Theater freaks. Yeah. Uh, Julia, so I, I mean, I, I'm sort of jumping around here, but like, Mm-hmm. So do your plays, are they based on truth? What's are, yeah. going on? Oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to say that I think is so funny. Is like, do you know how many people... And then we got to get back to your question. And then I want to talk about yeah, my, uh, young Jean Lee thing. Yes, but then I also want... We should talk about whether the, the opinion about... Whether you could lose a, your yeah. a, a, a opinion of your... 
Whether yeah, your opinion of yourself is built on, off of. Yeah, yeah whether your art is good or not. a deluded person mm-hmm. who, like, they only ever make bad, uninteresting work. The kind of thing that most people, that they spend their entire lives making bad, uninteresting, didactic work. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they could be gassed up and told, like, you are the voice of American theater. What you make is the avant-garde. Would, could a person just be convinced? Especially given we have our egos and our own just, like, desire to believe. Yeah. Probably. So kind of a Truman Show scenario is really what I was imagining. Um, <laughs> is yeah. that possible? I mean, someone comes to mind, but I'm not going to say it. Felipe says, is something wrong with the stream or is that just me? Felipe? Uh, something well, wrong? You tell us. Check it on a different device. Something, Get out your iPad. <laughs> something visual? Something yeah, what do you aud- mean, brother? auditorial? What would be wrong? Something about the topic. Something about the topic? Something about the topic? <laughs> we're, talk- we're being cringe. Something about, <laughs> something about the conversation? <laughs> is something wrong? Um, okay, so Julia, both in Fifty Fifty Old School Animation, which I didn't see, but which I heard described in such detail that I feel like I saw it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah all your friends saw it. Everybody and saw it. And that's how they know me. And that's how they know her. And then um, the similar thing happens in Protect Attack, where Julia is talking as a person that you could plausibly believe for a while is her. And then it also happens in, um, what's it called? While You're Partying. Mm-hmm. You're talking as yourself. And the number of my friends who at some point said to me, wow, I can't believe Julia has that problem with her pussy where every time she orgasms, it's excruciating pain. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> but really so many funny. people just being like, wow, I just had no idea. And for her to share that is like pretty crazy. I know people just believe they you. really believe if you. you step on, if you step on stage and you're like, this is true, people are like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is mind blowing. It's mind blowing. They're yeah. like, if you go on stage and you talk to us in your voice and you just look at us and you say things and you use the word I. Yeah. Totally. They'll just believe, they'll just believe you. you. And then yeah. they get a little mad when it's not they true. They get a little mad. Or people were like but shocked. Like, they were like, I have to think about it again now. I, yeah, it's like it's, it's like, dude. I was struck by like, I think why your work also tastes of truth is like the level of detail in it. Because in fifty fifty old school animation, mm, taste and of truth. stop me, we can take this out of this description. Is like um, gives a play away, or you don't want it in the podcast. No, no, it's but fine. um, there's this point where Julia's character describes that she at one point decides to essentially start torturing her friend, and you're like, okay, she's gonna torture her friend. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Um. But then she goes on to describe this really specific way she does it. And she's like at this bar with her friend who gets way too drunk. And there's all these like guys who are being really touchy with her, her friend. And then she goes up to one of her friends and she's like, oh, my friend really wants to sleep with you. And then she takes her friend's keys and her wallet and throws them in the trash and then leaves. Hmm. Yeah. And I was like That's the worst part. That is so scary it's and so scary. specific mm-hmm. that I was like Yeah, I was just I I was really stunned by that and I thought yeah, it, it's it's so it has the taste of of something ab- about life because the the detail is so like weird and and yeah. And not what you would th- not what I would think when I thought, oh, this friend's going to torture her other friend, you know? Yeah, or my friend's mm. going to do a play. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Why is she talking about that? Why is she, she saying about this stuff? About town and, you know, the passage of time and memories and how right. generations uh, <laughs> exactly. pass down trauma. Right, and womanhood. Yeah, and, yeah. womanhood and grandmothers recalling their mothers. Yeah. Right. You didn't want to do that. You want to do it a little differently. 
<laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. so where the where the fuck do those little details come from in your life? Um, yeah. Well, I guess I guess that's one of the things that I like and that I still think is interesting about that show is like, uh, it's like, no, of course I didn't do any of, of those things, and of course I would never do those things, but I did like think of them and write them down. Mm. So I like that trick of kind of like, oh, well, she did, like I did, I did imagine it. And I mm. did think about doing it. I would never do it, but it's totally it's, it's totally possible for me to do it. Um, yeah. And what what's it like? Was it fun doing that monologue over and over again? <laughs> no, it's really horrible. It's torture. I mean, sometimes <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's fun. Sometimes sometimes like towards the end when I feel like it's really landing, that gives me a lot of satisfaction. But a lot of the time, it's it feels. I feel like I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting the audience, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I know, and I feel like it's for, I don't know. I feel like it's for something. Like I don't feel like I'm just torturing people just to, just to torture people. So that makes it like doable, but man, yeah, it was really hard. I was also like not, I feel like I was also just not as confident a performer as I am now than when I was doing that my butt used to be really sore after performing because I realized I would be clenching, Aww. clenching my ass cheeks because I was so nervous. Aww. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Do you um, do other people's, perform in other people's work a lot? Not really. Mm. I honestly would like to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think part of the, what makes your work so powerful to me or, or is that it was like, sometimes your, your work you personally as a performer have the conviction of someone who's performing their own reading or their own writing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really like, I'm not really like a good actor. So, which I think is also partly why it's, it's kind of the only way that that, that piece can work. If I was like acting that like, and then I snubbed a cigarette out (laughs) on my friend's face. Totally. So like gratuitous and just horrible and boring. Yes. Well, part Mm. of what's so creepy about it is the kind of, seriousness and and um plain spokenness with which you Mm. tell this really harrowing story yeah that's part of like that's kind of the only way it can really work is if you're just like saying it yeah yeah Hmm. and that kind of segues nicely into another thing i wanted to talk about which is that in in hamburg you just had other actors doing your Mm -hmm. play um, yeah. was that how'd that feel it was really hard yeah it was, and it kind of like and it was in german too it was right? a play and called it was Protect in Attack that they did at the brick but it was a video peter and julia and they mm-hmm. did it themselves and then they took it to germany it got translated and other people were in their play yeah and the and the, man and the german theater system is like really specific and weird all the theater i won't make this too long but all the theater in germany is nationally funded and really well funded like lots and Damn. lots of money seriously um and 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 so there, there are all these huge national theaters that have like shows every night constantly and they all have ensembles of actors who are salaried who are just on like this rotating roster of of performances basically. So we were also working with performers who were like, they were just coming from like this, this woman, this woman, Yulia Vinninger, especially was like, she would come from rehearsal for another show. And then she would do another show after our rehearsal. And then she would have like two, like she was performing, like sometimes performing like 
four or five nights a week different shows Wild. that she had to be memorized for. And a lot of these shows, because like a lot of these shows were like three hours long. Ours was only 50 minutes because we only make things that are that short. Yeah. But like German theater is like That's super good. maximalist and like academic. I and, like, like that. Acting needs to be more work. I feel like in the United <laughs> States, yeah. it's a you little... Be, you should be Dude, from these, yeah. these people show. are working yep. really hard. They really are. Yeah. They're, and this woman was like such a workhorse. Yes, and it's I also remember well you telling me... It's, it's too well-funded. Well <laughs> Julia Actors told me making too much story money. about... Um, that someone that you were working with was like complaining that they were going to have to leave Hamburg and go back to their hometown to take a job there. And in America, when we do yeah. that, it's like to go back home and you have to work at your dad's hardware store or something. But in this case, it was that he had to go home and be his town's official designated dramaturg. Yeah. And I was like, that's <laughs> was not. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this sucks. And I, I was like, I, have to do I don't know how to relate to this like, at all. Can you imagine getting to go to your hometown and be the dramaturg? I guess I'll just be the dramaturg. Of, that, of White Plains, government? New York. Yes, I'm the dramaturg of Silver Spring, Maryland. That is incredible. Wow. The, what a job. The local, the local government funded theater of Silver Spring, Maryland. Yes. Uh, that would be. And you'll get a nice little salary. Amazing. Yeah. Damn. So they don't even know. That's the problem with them, is they don't even know. They haven't yeah. had to live here. They don't know. They don't really have a conception. They were like, wait, so you didn't make any money during your first show? And it's like, I spent money. <laughs> mm -hmm. I broke even like three years later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so there is, so there definitely is, I don't know. There's something that is sort of missing there. There is like this attitude that is like, that I feel like we have here in New York that is sometimes really insufferable of like, I'm really suffering for my art and like, I'm really tough. I'm really tough. And like, I'm working City. my day job and I'm, but I'm like spending my money on this and my I'm spending my time sucks. on this because my apartment <laughs> sucks, but I'm so passionate. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours um, away from wherever I'm in, rehearsing. Yeah. In Germany, it's like, I'm just hanging out with all these dramaturgs who are like, this is my job and it's been my job since I graduated university. And like, yeah, there's one dramaturg for every 30 people constantly. Yeah, interpreting. You, you throw a rock, you hit a dramaturg <laughs> in Germany, um, which is just like psycho. Yeah. So weird. Um, but yeah, so these actors in this ensemble were performing in this show that was really, that we was really designed for me and Peter which I think was a big mistake that we made, honestly, <laughs> was not like was not trying to work with other actors before we took it mm. to mm. this ensemble. Why is that a problem? You guys just kind of speak in a monotone, right? Why don't you tell them just... You'd think it would be easy, <laughs> but actors really want, like, they want lots of notes. They want to know, like, what you want, and, and like, they can't... It was really... it. I learned a lot, because I feel like I also found out that I'd really been taking for granted that uh, Peter and I have like a relationship and a rapport and mm. like we know each other really well mm. we're really intimate and we can just kind of like sit down and mind melt totally but it's not as easy for two actors who like didn't they weren't there making the work with you they're just kind of like sitting down and doing their job and also these two actors they're both great they're both amazing but they really didn't get along Oh, they, no. got al they, actually, they got along fine they just like were complete opposites interesting mm. like Yulia, Julia, the other act actress's name was Yulia. She was like, she was like an efficiency machine and was like, give me lots of notes and tell me what to do. And she's been in the German theater system since she was like a teenager. Wow. And the other guy, <laughs> the other guy was she like. She wants to get out, but she can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's trapped. She's trapped. And she's like a total, yeah. she was like a total workaholic and like a hermit, like not married, no kids. She would just like go back to her apartment and, and like 
go over her lines is how I always imagined her. And the other guy, the guy opposite her was like, was like, was like picture Brian Fittiment, European, like Gen X boomer cusp, who is really good at playing free jazz. That's like a 49 year old, like 50, 50 year old. But really, really good at um, playing Sli- free jazz trumpet. Wow, sick. wow, that's that was sick. Lars. That's exactly what I imagine a European being like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> like wearing a little beret wow. and being really into like American and jazz. Vibing out. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he was really into yeah. vibing out and like <laughs> totally. and like yeah. and like. Have you heard of Meisner? And and his whole <laughs> that fucking rules. I mean, he was great. I loved him, but his whole his whole vibe was like. He was like one of those actors that's like I can't I, I'm not doing it if I'm not if I can't feel it if I can't oh feel it I'm not doing it. I no, hate you're working with people like that. I know, I know, I know. This play is about nihilism, and he's and like, "You're not being nihilistic." Yeah, 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 yeah. There was this part of the show that like, um, where Julia gives this like long monologue where they're looking at each other and they can't break eye contact, and the first couple times it kept making Lars cry. And he kept crying because he's so raw. Not appropriate. (laughs) I mean, it was great. It was like a beautiful moment. And Mm. I, we, Peter and I liked it. But then Julia was like, it's so distracting. I can't deal with him like crying (laughs) across the table from me when I'm trying to do this monologue. Just because you're an actor doesn't mean you get to do uncomfortable workplace behavior. And Lars is like, well, I can't, I, the energy is so powerful. Like I can't keep my tears back. And Julia would just be like, of course you can. You're an actor. Like just don't cry. That's so funny. Yeah, and it's weird because I feel like I felt like they were two sides of my brain. Like I kind of want to be more like Lars in the kind of like let's just let it flow and like let it happen and be raw. But I'm definitely more like Julia, where I'm like a little bit more pragmatic and like let's just let's just execute. If your entire lifestyle is funded by your like national government, like why wouldn't you just kind of vibe out all the time? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Well, I think there was like it was an interesting tension between the two of them because she was like a. German system theater pro like had had been in it for a long time Mm -hmm. and he was like he was like a punk jazz musician until he was 30 Mm. and then he became an actor and he's like yeah Gen X (laughs) Uh, and he's like been in a ton of films and he's like I think a little bit famous in Germany but he but he doesn't do as many shows at the theater as Julia does like Julia's schedule Mm. was packed Wow, and Lars was just like I gotta take some time off so unrelatable I know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't mean to get too deep into the politics of it but it was it was can you imagine that life Style. That's so cool. Man, I, I feel like being an Wild. actor in New York, I know very little about it, but I feel like you're just in a big basket full of a bunch of other desperate actors and yeah. you have to just hope that you get plucked out of it Horrible. and like put onto the stage. And then even after you do a role, it's like, all right, back into the the mix. Hopefully you'll totally. get selected again yeah. one day. Like you don't just build a career like that is reliable yeah most of being an actor is like wandering around midtown trying to find the cheapest place to eat between like auditions (laughs) or classes right yeah you know um yeah something else is making me think of i had dinner last night with this producer lexi who is great someone who i met through graham mason um and we were just talking about producing and i don't meet with other producers a lot i'm like Mm -hmm. more or less the only producer i know kind of um Mm. text me if i'm forgetting you someone uh (laughs) i can't really think of one graham um, yo, you want to yeah. grab me some more too? All right, coffee's all around. Actually, no, I think I still got, I still got some. If there's more in there, otherwise, you have to make more. Don't worry about me. 
Yeah. Or you could not, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll see yeah. you. We'll see you in like thirty minutes. But I was Sorry, saying, going, um, we were just talking about different projects, and I was really realizing how much like my decision of what I want to work on is based purely on. I like people that, that I want to work with and I want to work with the people. I, it should be that way. Yeah. And the idea of like, I'm working on something right now where we're getting a casting director and I'm like, casting director, I'm your casting director. We're going to get Kelly Cooper. Yeah. Why don't you, yeah. We're going get- to call all our friends. <laughs> we're going to get Edie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the role? Like, casting director. Casting director for to find who? There's actors everywhere. They're all around us. Um, and they're our yeah. friends. And then also like, uh, at some point during the dinner, we were talking about whether or not I was interested in doing TV. And my honest reaction was like, well, if Simple Town wants to do a TV show, then I guess I will do TV. Yeah. But I don't just right. like, want to do a TV. And it's right. like, oh, yeah, put it's me like, on whatever project. Yeah. So, if my yeah. friends are doing it and yeah. you want to work with them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I a, feel like yeah. that's beautiful. And that's how it should be. Totally. But it does make it hard to like... Um, work with anyone who's not in your immediate like it feels almost like juvenile or something but it's like that's what's yeah. to me it's like i'm just i like the people who i like and i like the work that i but like i think and- that's how it works everything i don't know that was always something that i i thought was really weird about like i would sometimes help out on my friend's student films because she was at nyu for grad school and i was like it's just all these random people yeah. Like have no why would they why would they want to work twelve hour days to make my totally, film? Totally. And there's know? something the most confusing. They have no thing, connection to me. When I take like a meeting about producing someone's film and they say something like, We only want to work with people who like really, really believe in this project and yeah. who are like really invested in it and love the script and it's like <laughs> But it's like you're not gonna find Then those you should people. ask your childhood best friend to do it. Yeah. I'm a random fuck. Yeah. I read the script, it looks fine. Yeah, like, like who who out there it's like it's this <laughs> it's bizarre, so bizarre kind of like faith you have in yourself that like your script is going to inspire people to uh, work 12 hour days totally and maybe if i read a (laughs) hundred scripts i'll find that there are like two scripts that really speak to me but i'm like you'd have to write a very specific script that is really like answering the questions i'm asking in my life right now for me it's my journal i believe in this project yeah 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 (laughs) instead it's like yeah it's a movie completely yeah so it's just mm-hmm. a strange different thing to imagine like an apparatus of a theater and you just get to go in and work with the team it's nice though obviously. it's nice it was nice to have all that support and no like, people aren't being exploited and no yeah. and everyone's being well paid and like i think it, yeah it was crazy to be like oh be to like have an idea like just have a stupid idea like maybe it'd be funny if like lars brought out a, a big balloon at this part <laughs> and they'd be like and and our scenic assistant would be like okay one second and, we and they the would come back and she'd be like do you want it filled with helium and <laughs> we'd be like yeah and she'd come <laughs> back with it filled with helium wow it's well because they just have this massive you know scene shop that's funded by totally funded by the german taxpayer How which is pretty great there? it was good i saw peter wow nice wow and there's more coffee that's great i moved to the ottoman yeah, it's it's those beds kind of soft. Um, I thought the thing about Julia's pussy was true. It's it <laughs> it used to be oh. it used to be true. <laughs> I wondered as I was saying that I was I've never actually checked. I was always just like that's part of the. Pie. It's no longer currently. I'm currently able to have sex and enjoy it a lot and not be in pain. But when I was younger, it was painful. Ah, wow. For those reasons. Wow, I, I got to go back to a lot of people and. Mm-hmm. Tell them and say that. sorry. Yeah. And say sorry. Yeah. Actually, her pussy used to be really tight yeah. because of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Chat was also on coffee break. And if you're a theater maker who has a pussy, do you have to make work about that? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Next I just question. wanted to say earlier, I I always kind of liked your stance against performing, where you're like, it's a lot, it is exhausting, I don't like doing it every night. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad, because I hate performing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I, give me pleasure. Yeah, and not a lot of people say that. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. in the comedy world, you're always trying to get another five minutes of stage time. You're always biking across town because someone dropped a show, and you're like, because yes. I, yeah. I can't get enough. Yeah, because I can't get enough. I'm like, Jesus Christ, no, I would rather I've, be doing almost anything. <laughs> I, I think that maybe it's just because I relate to that, but I think that speaks well of you as an I artist. I think so too. I'm I think a, so too. I'm a I have big to proponent that. of the reluctant artist who's like it's all pain yes. <laughs> it's all pain all the time <laughs> totally. I, I'm not why do you do it i don't know on stage yeah i'm yeah. not it's not indulgent uh it's <laughs> i'm unhappy the audience isn't enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> no one wants nothing. to be there yeah but it's what god wants it's what god wants yeah no it's that's funny to me um felipe says copy word felipe likes to perform a lot he does like to perform <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my manager recently and he was like, yeah, you just like, we were talking about like being on a zoom call together and because I'm practicing for something. He's like, yeah, just try and be like a little more upbeat and stuff. You know, you have a great personality, but sometimes, you know, you sort of come across as a little dour, a little serious in the zoom call. And I was like, wow, that's so funny. I think of myself as a kind of bright light (laughs) or like at least good at zoom calls where I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm like, I'm personable and good at chatting with people. And then he, and I think sometimes I think he has this image of me where he's like, Oh, Sam's always complaining and, and Mm. is having a difficult time with stuff. Mm. And I think it's cause every time I talk to him, I'm always like, yeah, comedy sucks. What are we going to do? Alan? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't see the path forward. Yeah. And it occurred to me, I was like, Oh, maybe I should kind of, bright like brighten things up for him a little bit and let him know that i'm having a good time yeah mm-hmm. i always wonder this just in general about even just to say i don't care on the podcast to be like oh, i hate performing but sometimes mm-hmm. i'll say it in real life to other comedians and i'm like i probably shouldn't i should just pretend i love performing and i would love if you booked me on your show and it's my it's so fun oh, and your eyes are yeah, so bright I right now <laughs> just make your eyes really wide yeah um just because i think like there's no point in just sort of like talking yourself down or making it complicated for people where they're like hmm well, Sarah actually doesn't even like performing, and like, mm. I, don't, I don't know. Well, then we shouldn't have her be doing it. You know, I just like it just makes it complicated for people. It's like just make it easy. You just feel like, yeah, it's I fun. think that's it's cool fun. though. I yeah, I gotta like, be me. Yeah, you gotta be you. <laughs> yeah, and it makes uh, maybe it makes you seem complicated because you're you're like doing it anyway. Totally. Yeah. Well, because I wonder like, and part you're of killing me, anyway. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Part of me feels like I have to quit because I if you the, the path can't be full of so much resistance if i am resisting mm-hmm. my path then how can i go walk down it and mm-hmm. i should go down a path where like do people say that you need to like be in love with and obsessed with doing the work and like love it so much because that's what enables you to keep doing it i don't think that's true but i don't think that could be true i don't yeah. think that's true I, I just don't see there's nothing in my life that is infinitely enjoyable that takes work yeah yeah and i'd say that i really don't like uh like 90 percent of the art that i see art of any kind yeah so, especially yeah. theater so yeah. what do you need to have to do it i think you just need to be like ob- obsessed mm. and maybe a little bit of a masochist but that's just i don't know that's yeah. just me i think that drives me yeah i was thinking this week like if i ever fully internalize the idea that life is meant to be enjoyed i will have to stop doing comedy <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. absolutely because it make, causes you too much pain yes absolutely. yeah I'll have to make new friends i'll have to go to yes. vineyards on the weekend totally. and do outdoor wine tastings yes. i won't be able to 
do let yes. you could do well, that. I mean, do but this anyway. this gets to another thing we were talking about, Sarah. But like, nothing pisses me off more than having like a lazy Saturday where you're like chilling or with your friends, and they like want want to go like to a restaurant they that really like. You off. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, uh, <laughs> Like a thing where yeah, like you don't with like like that? little act some friends like oh let's spend our Sunday doing like a little activity that's I can so maybe fun. have one of those a month mm, so, I then hear I'm you. like I, I, hear I you. get like a restlessness let's go on a little like, adventure I gotta be in front of my computer <laughs> no totally I feel the same I feel the same yeah I can't have too much fun no and my thoughts are pretty distracted all the time so anything that's like mm-hmm. just come and enjoy and let go is a little nope. bit hard for don't me ever to tell me that because yeah. <laughs> I think I won't be able to do it I'm going to be gripping on so hard I'm going to be digging my, my nails into my, my arm thoughts, the whole yeah. time <laughs> yeah so, yeah well because at yeah. least when you're at least when I'm doing comedy like maybe I'm not loving it but at least I have like the assuredness of purpose yeah which yeah. to me like creates like long term happiness yeah you know? right. right I agree it's a feeling of purpose yeah. like yeah. I'm doing I'm doing the thing that I am the best at mm-hmm. totally there's nothing else in this world that I'm like truly good at except yeah. for this and, and I also makes me feel good I feel like you can't um pursue happiness straight on it always has to be like a byproduct of the pursuit of something else otherwise it's too ephemeral mm, it's like you just, totally you yes. can't you can't yes. have it yeah so you have to pursue being a stand-up comedian and hope that <laughs> it's sometimes fun um dang you know i was thinking about this week is like this idea that there's people who are really good at like like a critic can't do the art but they're really good at writing about it and thinking about it and the kind of superstructures of a mm-hmm, form mm-hmm, and um the fact that I, I always thought that that was like a sad thing that those people, you know, not universally, but that there was mm. a patheticness to this concept of the person right. who's like obsessed with acting and all the theories of acting, but can't implement them at all. I was like, mm. hmm, loser. Loser. Uh, <laughs> now, you're, now you're thinking maybe it's a blessing. <laughs> but now I'm thinking I've just met so many artists who are good at what they do, but who are actually really annoying because they mm-hmm. have sort of like a visceral relationship, I think, with life in a way that like totally inarticulate I, about their work. And they're inarticulate. And, yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. you don't have to be articulate, but like something about I actually like people who are like a little up above everything, like sort of removed where they're like, I'm too lost in my own intellectual bullshit to really be able to do anything, (laughs) but I am thinking about it and I see it and uh, I'm just a different kind of engagement with reality or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's not worse. It's like, you know, in our culture, it's like, oh, it's worse. Those who can't do teach, teaching is worse. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's just a different. Yeah, people just have a different sort of orientation. I guess it seems like the lower position because it's like one is obsessed with what the other does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I and I know. think we still have an attitude that <laughs> needs to be retired ASAP of like being an artist is some kind of higher calling. Yes, it's like, totally. It's not. Yes, and there's so many people <laughs> it's who do absolutely art who are not. Really, really annoying. And, <laughs> and a lot of artists it. think that it's like a higher calling. Yes, and it's right. like, oh my god, isn't it amazing that we've like gotten off the conveyor belt? Totally. It's like you have not. Yeah, you <laughs> absolutely have not. Have you not. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's funny when when I was a kid, I there was a people would like come. You'd occasionally get a talk at your middle school or something like that, where a person would come and be like do the thing you want to do yes. like don't let your ship ship rot in the harbor like yeah. better that it sink at sea <laughs> totally. like rot in the harbor <laughs> like into Sam's from Boston and stuff like that like and and so I I was really taught like oh yeah you should always pursue your wild dreams and I was like I wonder do you think that still 
gets pushed to people as much anymore because I don't have oh, that. Yeah. I think more than ever. More really? than ever. More than ever. They're telling people to live their dreams with the rise yes. of identity politics totally an individualistic culture in, yeah yeah i think more so. than ever i think more than Whoa, ever Gen Z. <laughs> this is my guess because of the neoliberal woke uh <laughs> yeah I let's think, get into it <laughs> i think gen z knows that being an artist is not like the hack necessarily i think that they have an understanding mm-hmm. that like uh there are other callings in life that like um i mean i hope that they do i think that there's a lot of interest in our generation in being artists because of the internet and like this like purely aesthetic engagement with reality that makes people who seem like artists or who are doing art the most important people in our society because those are people that dominate social media at least to what i look at mm-hmm. um but i hope that gen z is more astute and we'll look at it and be like, I can opt out of the world of images and illusions and I can go um, mm. serve other purposes. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe so. they're more in the soup. I think a lot yeah. about how Gen Z also has this whole other like job market that didn't exist when we were. Being YouTube content in, creators. Yeah, being yeah. content creators. Yeah. And being like, like I follow a lot of, um, I follow a lot of dancers on TikTok. Mm. And like who all started like gaining followings at the beginning of the pandemic because they were like, I'm home. I'm going to make a little dance to this this top 40 song. Yeah. And now they're all like the 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 dance market on TikTok has really it suddenly exists. has really tra- it's a yeah. it's huge. And it's like and like people aren't doing the viral dances that people used to do are, are kind of fading away because the dances are getting too difficult because mm-hmm. it's all these professional dancers who are now making their who bag. are choreographing yeah. and like passing the dances off to one another and they're competing and it's this market and they're all like wow. moving to LA and getting lip fillers so they can like be in music videos and stuff. Wow. And it's this whole, it's this whole thing, but they also seem to make their money. Like they're like, yeah, my new YouTube video is up. I went to the beach with my friends and edited a little video about it and like that's yeah what they do that's their job yeah and they're just and they were like i just studied dance at my liberal arts college or my you know wherever yeah but i don't know that Mm. that definitely didn't exist when we were Mm. when i was in my early 20s you were a youtuber though when you were a little kid right right? big success (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know so i probably should have stuck with the source myself from the horse's mouth (laughs) yeah i should have stuck with it i'd be like a millionaire what was the the core of your youtube channel what were you doing on there I would like make little vlogs and talk about the movies that I liked. Wow. <laughs> but, and it, but cause like everyone, every kid was on YouTube, but Julia was on YouTube in the sense that she like had followers and stuff like that. Yeah. Julia outed. I told yeah. Felipe this in confidence huh. years ago and he was like, please, can I tell Raisin Man? <laughs> please. I really want to tell them. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I feel like when I was a kid, I was aware of this idea that you could be doing things on the internet, putting things out there. And I knew I was like, I don't want to be tested before the public of the whole world. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to live in my delusion that I matter and that I'm smart and that like I'm interesting and I have like interesting things to make in the world. But if I put these videos on YouTube and they get no views, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to like live in that reality and mm. that is like too much <laughs> so yeah yeah really i think i, I think i would have had like a th- more of an ability to sort of like to to sort of shit post and not care about wow. what, what my presence was on the internet if i was really on the internet in like high school mm. or middle school but now it's like well 
can I be 30 and still be getting like zero likes yeah. on tweets and be <laughs> like, ah, whatever, That's you know? Funny. <laughs> Thanks, Felipe. What did he say? He says I was a good YouTuber. <laughs> a good one of yeah. the good ones. One of the good ones. It was a, it was even before there were advertisements on YouTube. Wow. That's how old I am. Why did it occur to you to do that? I followed some YouTubers and I thought they were cool. Could you... Fo- but you couldn't follow people at that point. I guess not right? follow, literally sort of like follow. I think them. you could. I think there was a follow function, but mm. I would just like, I would just check their channels like TV. Mm. Like just go on my computer and, and see if they uploaded something. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Is it still on YouTube? Not that we're not going to pull it up because I don't know how to do that. But Someone, some stranger uploaded them and they're still there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've asked them to take them down a couple of times and they just never respond. So I've given up. Wow. All of them. Mm, not all of them, but a lot of them. Damn. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's funny. That's like um, Rajat has a fan, I guess, who has this account called Rajat's Dwe- Deleted Tweets. I assume it's Rajat Oh, yeah. I've seen and not that. Rajat himself. And anytime that Rajat posts a tweet and deletes it, they collect those tweets and they post them on their own mm-hmm. account. And to just think that there's someone like watchdogging you and like making sure that like, <laughs> all of your content stays <laughs> that online. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah, that's really bizarre. Really horrible. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, fame is terrible. I was talking yeah. to Matthew Golden in LA. He's a, tw- a tweeter who yeah. I really like. I love Matthew and, Golden. Yeah, and he, there's this account called Matthew Golden's Private Alt Account <laughs> that he started. And then he was like, does anyone want this account? I don't want it anymore. And so he, I guess hmm. he sold it to some people. And oh. now they run, but they didn't change the name. Wow. They run it as his account. They run Matthew. Wow. So, oh, so that's not Matthew Golden it's on Twitter? It's not Matthew Golden. <gasps> it, it's like, Are we allowed like to say this? Eight people. That's shocking. You're kidding. And they like, it's like a writer's room. It's like a writer's room. <laughs> and are he, they all comedians or are they just... I don't know. Dudes? He didn't say. He didn't say, but he was like, they... Um, Someone said archivists he, need to he, archive. He That's DMs right. them. True. So he like is in constant communication with them. Mm-hmm. But but he was like, you know, they do a good job of imitating my voice. And yeah. I agree. Like I was I can't tell that it's that it's not That's him. No, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Funny. Wow. Well, that's great that they are doing that project. Yeah. yeah, this person who has commented, archivists need to archive, does make me think, oh, it's an honorable position. It's just another role in the ecosystem. You're in the canon. Right, yeah. along with the critic is yes, the pers- the exactly. dangerous archivist. And they're not bad, yeah, or creepy, <laughs> or less than. They just have their own game. Creepy yeah. or less than. Yeah, I well, I still wanted to tell the story about the young Gene Lee thing. This is such old news. Oh, yeah. But I just think it serves the podcast when we tell a story about something that's going on in culture that maybe they didn't know about. <laughs> 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 and this was a controversy that happened, what, like, when did it come out? Like two years ago? It was like during the pandemic. I don't remember. Was, like, I wasn't off. I wasn't aware of it when it was happening. Uh, I, I just heard about it because I wasn't I'm, I wasn't I don't follow like young Gene anymore. I keep yeah. beefs. <laughs> I've got too many of work. my own. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this thing happened where Jeremy O'Harris, who's probably what the most famous playwright making work right now. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in the Yale school of drama playwriting program and young Gene Lee was one of his professors and he wrote what would later become slave play, um, while at school. And she was like problematic, problematic, like fuck this play. Basically mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. this is uh, and he was like, no, you're problematic. And, yeah. And he like was like, you're no, problematic. You and they are. got into this big conflict about like the way that they spoke to each other too came into it. And they were both just like 
fully like when the time it became public neither was really sort of apologetic to the other one it was just like nah fuck that um mm. and then for jeremy o'harris to win by the slave play being on broadway and being probably like what the most talked about new uh, that's what we call a play, w that's a big w <laughs> that's what we call a w and it just makes it the only, really the only reason i bring it up is not because i think it there's it's not a hot enough issue to be talking about the details of it, but just the idea of grad school and getting your mm-hmm. MFA and the professors giving you feedback and then the professors telling you your play is not good and that's like your play that's going to go premiere on Broadway. It's like, yeah. what are people doing getting their MFAs? Yeah, and they're, they were texting what? each yeah. other. Yeah. So it was quite an intimate relationship <laughs> yeah. too. So your Dude. professor's telling your shit sucks and it's like, <laughs> that's Via a notification text. you're getting while you're on the date. Yeah, it's like, like what kind of what kind of environment is this? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It's and so I wonder if you and Peter are going to end up like being professors being mean mfa telling teachers who can't keep their personal yeah personal lives out of the giving bad feedback that's wrong yeah i mean you say it's wrong some people don't like slave play so and they probably feel some things that young jean lee feels so i'm not gonna say yeah that means she's wrong because it's a success all kinds of things are successes there's like a there's like a sort sort of forced sex kind of like a gray area yeah scene in it towards the end that I, I think was what she had issues with. Yeah. Or she was just like, it triggers me. Yeah. And like um, you're basically, I think that part of it was like, you're summoning this on stage, like a violent sexual assault and using the kind of uh, gravity of something horrific like that happening when you don't really know you're not like a woman mm-hmm. and you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. She wasn't professional and he couldn't take the note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. End of story. (laughs) So, you know, go to get your MFA if you're ready. If you're ready to take some feedback and, yeah, I don't know. Just strange. Yeah, I feel like if you get, if you're getting an MFA, you really love having like weird little relationships with your professors. Anyone anyone who goes to grad school wants to have a weird relationship with a professor. (laughs) I really don't want to go to grad school. Maybe if I was paid. Yeah. If I was getting paid to do it, if I was getting paid sure. to do it, I'd do it for sure. Yeah. But I don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a doctor, no matter what. I want to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you go to study literature and you come out with. <laughs> you come out a doctor. Time to take your kidneys yeah. out. <laughs> oh man! So what's the next thing you're gonna do now? You're back from Hamburg. Um, we're back from Hamburg. We're doing. We're gonna do a show at Jack in the fall. And I think maybe that's going to pop off. What's Jack? Jack is a theater in like Clinton Hill. Clinton okay, Hill close Best to Stein. me. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good for you me. You probably walk there. This is yeah. great news Or ride for your me. bike there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'll say this also. I'm interrupting you, even though I just asked you this question. Mm. Julia and Peter also co-founded Life World with me, believe it or not. Yes. Um, it's true. And when we were starting the space and we were deciding how we would like allocate the time in the space, Julia and Peter put a really fine point on the fact that they would not need it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't need a place like this. No, mm. no, we don't want to do any Things not have changed. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. I was like, wow, these people, like, they got swag. They, like, don't even want to. They don't need this theater. They have theaters that are trying to get their show in it. Yeah, so. But know. now you do? 
your oh, faith. Oh, I thought you meant like for like rehearsing you using the space. Yeah. You didn't need it like you were like, we're past Sarah, what the fuck point. are you talking about? They were past this point. Yeah, yeah. They would need to use a DIY theater venue. Oh, yeah, because we're too we're too big. They're too big. Yeah. Well, I whatever. A little birdie on the street was telling me that like after um your your last play um while you were partying you were like meeting with like tv execs and movie execs and stuff yeah are you gonna make like um i don't know i don't know like the next like <laughs> knocked up or like <laughs> yeah that's what i'm working on now <laughs> yeah i don't know those hangover those six. those meetings are 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 strange i mean you've been in meetings like those before for simple town i bet it's just mm-hmm. like it's just like, yeah, we love your stuff, and you're so weird and crazy, and like, we'd love to do. Something. Let us know when you got yeah. a when you got a script or something. Yeah, and we're like, okay, I've never written one before. <laughs> <laughs> I have I and I I have some ideas, I guess, or I could if I sat down and thought about it. But right, right, I I don't know. Yeah, what... no, it just feels weird and and like undeserved and confusing, and I I don't I don't understand how to how to how to navigate it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I guess you, you, you have to hear enough times someone be like, well, let us, let us know when you have like a fully written movie and I'd love yeah, to take yeah, a look yeah. at it before you actually write one of those. Cause like on your own, at least me, like I'm not going to waste my time like writing a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Unless, unless I'm going to make it with yeah. my friends, yeah, but I'm exactly. not going to make I it for like this like, person I've never I'm met before. Write it for a million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. I also like have no, yeah. no interest in sitting down and writing a script. Like that's not, that's not how Peter and I work. It seems really boring and hard. Like we always just make it with people. Like if we were to, make a film we wouldn't sit down and write a screenplay we would like make a film yeah, yeah. With you guys you know um totally but, I don't, I but we're in that those constraints yeah. yeah yes it's already hard enough to make something and try and convince your like friends to help you make it mm-hmm. with you that it was like but like why would you sit down and write a thing that you know will never be made for people who aren't even your friends so that then they're like, oh, cool. Th- just this so that is- they trust you a little more? Yeah, like, j- I don't just know. so that they'll like answer your emails the next yeah. time when you show them like the next thing you've written, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I feel so um, abjectly uninspired by the idea of the entertainment industry. And then when I hear of my friends getting some kind of headway, I'm like, oh, wait, fuck. Maybe I should focus on like trying to get those things. I, I want to say specific mm-hmm. examples, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to blow people's spots about <laughs> who they're pitching to and what it's maybe going to be or whatever. But like, I don't know, just in general. Yeah, I hear you guys talk about this. I'm like, the idea, I just get sent a lot of scripts that I read that I'm like, all right, great. Ten more movies that don't need to exist. That right. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely don't need um, to exist. Yeah, yeah. I have idea that I could be contributing in that way, but making money and it's like, yeah that makes my stomach hurt like i don't want to contribute more fucking trash to the world i just don't care yeah and i i'm i'm purely motivated by like the people that i like hanging out with doing stuff with them but Mm -hmm. then i think of there was this time that me and sam were both had jobs uh and we were at your house and i was like working we were both working during the day and something happened i can't remember what happened at my work my boss like called me and was mean to me or something and they were just sitting and i was just like crying but like crying and laughing just being like i can't believe this is my life (laughs) (laughs) having this shitty job but i'm also with my friend in his apartment doing it and like Mm. everyone i work with is just like a stranger i've like basically never met in real life and it's just consuming me and when i think of that i'm like you can't i don't want to keep doing day job life night job life thing like at Mm. least if you're in the industry making stuff things are 
like, it's a coherent it's whole. coherent yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you yeah because like you gotta have a job one way or another so i don't know but, yeah but i definitely feel totally abject about writing a script to pitch to whatever yeah i can't think of anything i'd, I'd want to do less honestly <laughs> 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 which may, makes me sound like a brat a little bit but yeah yeah but i think also i mean not to i don't want to like i i like i like I'm proud of a lot of my work, but I think part of the reason we got to do fancy meetings is because of the post post Jeremy O'Hara's economy. Ah, okay. Because they're like, oh, they're like Jeremy oh, opened like, doors. Jeremy yeah. was such a he's such a big success. That right. People are like, oh, who's the next that, like cool yeah. playwright that yes. I can, that I can suck up? Wow, funny. Yeah, I think that's, that's part of cool. the reason. Yeah, and it's Julia and Peter, yeah. and it's us. God. Yeah, Jeremy O'Harris does this cool thing where for like every um, TV show that he writes on, it's written in his contract that they have to give like some hundred thousand dollars or more to like theater. Um, and so it doesn't really. Even, yeah, it's like that's in his thing and his rider is like to just theater in general. Yeah, <laughs> it has to go to I don't know if he has like a production company sets up that then allocates the money, but he's mm-hmm. given money away to plays being made. And mm-hmm. he'll post on Instagram sometimes and be like, all right, my DM slash email are, are open. Um, come get your money money. (laughs) and i just think that's sick that's cool uh, yeah yeah i'm down (laughs) with that yeah i'm down with that that's right and every 10th listener on raisin man we also uh we give we give we we plug a different podcast (laughs) (laughs) a different bigger podcast that we like that they should listen to (laughs) are people still watching nine viewers yo that's what's up and we're coming in on the end here we started late so we can go a little over um i could i could keep going i could talk to you guys all day we could go i missed all you day. i missed you too i missed you when i was in germany yeah i was there for a long time yeah it's funny when someone goes away to do something and you're like should i try to like stay in touch with like what's going on with them or can i just like release them to, and i prefer the latter i prefer i, I'll, I'll, I, I prefer the, the latter, latter like, every scenario yeah. you're, yes. you're different over there and i'm totally, still the same totally and life is already like we're already living a, a way that we shouldn't be with the text messages and the emails you shouldn't be able to keep in touch True. With people from your past like so intensively mm-hmm. anywhere in the world I, like, agree. I agree it doesn't make sense so if you leave the United States of America or even New York City, I'll see you when you're back here, basically. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. Be keeping in touch with all Or just any little text messages, like a little treasure, yeah. a sweet little <laughs> morsel of communication. Exactly. But I was like, oh, I can't believe Peter and Julia are like in Germany, like living this dream to me, basically. Was, um, yeah. Yeah. Man, it was really hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? I thought being in the. Uh, last play what's, was the hardest. What's <laughs> it just keeps getting like? harder. <laughs> what's Hamburg like? Hamburg, it's fine. It's not. Yeah. It's nothing to write home about. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of Bostony. Totally. Boston of Germany. It's a port town. Felipe said no. Mm. I kept up with Julian. Wait, was the right port thing. Yeah, honestly, Felipe was Felipe was the the friend who made the most effort to keep in touch with me. Wow. He was like, let's schedule up. Let's have a Zoom. Wow. Let's catch up. And wow actually actually yeah that's and goofy. it was very moving to me that's it was very sweet that's sweet that's cute yeah Felipe, when we don't the day will come when we won't live together <laughs> and that'll be it oh my god and you won't speak no again. no 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 but I, I i just wonder i was like i will i wonder what our relationship will be like because we spend so much of our lives together that yeah. like when we don't live together, I was like, Oh, well, will I be a person who's like always texting Felipe constantly and he's always mm. texting me or it will be like the, 
like all my other relationships. Yes. I'll probably be like that where, yeah. you know. Just constant texting. <laughs> no, I, I like never text or call. And then yeah. when you see someone in real life, you're like, there's so much to catch up on. Yeah, that's true. And that's nice. That is nice. I also think mm-hmm. something that's funny about Felipe is that I, it's I don't I'm, it's not right to roast him when he's not here to defend himself. But Felipe has sort of like a compulsive desire to externalize every thought and feeling that he has, and he gets to kind of hide that under a guise of like, oh, it's great to communicate, it's great to stay in touch with your friends and to express yourself. But like he's <laughs> doing it in a way that's sinister. <laughs> Roasted. Yeah, and I know because I also do that. This thing of like <laughs> calling. He says, I mean, we will do Simple Town together. Aw. Yeah. Yeah. But I just do this thing where like if something goes down in my life that's like different difficult call one person tell them all about it they mm. get, try to extract a little bit of like comfort or satisfaction out of that hang up the mm-hmm. phone call another person tell them all about it get a little something out of that interesting and that's not i usually healthy. curate <laughs> i usually curate my problems i'm like who's the friend i have that would be the most interested in this problem that i'm having mm. i think it's i think it's gonna be sarah yeah or w- i need to ask like what a meme what a meme means. <laughs> I text Felipe. <laughs> yeah. Bro, how are you going to get when, me? When, when we were in LA, after every hang we went to, we all simultaneously rented one car. So after every hang, bar hang, whatever, party, we all get in the rented car and we, we drive to the next spot. And like the conversation in the car is just every interaction each one of us yes. had at the party Being and why it made recaps. us feel weird or yes. f- or good or yes. bad yes. and i was yes. it was funny yes. cuz like yes. by day 7 i was like this is so strange <laughs> to, to have this <laughs> so like strange. debrief like post game play by play of totally. every social interaction totally that totally that's so funny i'm working on these new jokes one is the new set that's about like a rejection of uh, overly therapeutic culture that I think has been infused into my life for decades now. Mm. And the other is about how my grandma wants me to keep more in like uh, like daily to weekly contact with her about what's going on. And I haven't written this joke yet, but like the fact of like our lives are being like, oh, Eternal Family, Brain Dead Studios, name, like all this stuff that no right. one knows about and being like, and I talked to this person and they said that they heard that. Totally. This other person. And it's all this like extremely esoteric shit that... Uh, mm is really fun to talk about with other people who <laughs> <laughs> know exactly what it all is. Because it makes you feel, it makes you feel like you're in a Something's community. going on. It like you're in a community. Something. It can make you feel like you're making moves. This even is when my you're community. Yeah. 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 God, I really hate that. Peter and Kate always do that. It's they always, so fun. they taught, they, they love, Peter loves using like acronyms and like, yes. I'm like, Peter, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Just tell me what that shit means. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's true, Felipe. When you talked to me, you were very kind to me and you asked me how I was. You did not overshare. Wow. You were very sweet to me. That's awesome. It's true. Just <laughs> made a point to, to acknowledge. not share, he says. <laughs> made a point to not overshare. No, you did not overshare. It was a very, a very good convo. I don't find that text messaging is a really enjoyable or useful mode of, of communication for sharing like what's up with like so, like something you're feeling mm. intensely at all so no. that's a that's a nice barrier that i've drawn for myself where i'm like oh any real thought or feeling that i have i'm just not going to be able to communicate it over text message so i won't anyways but mm-hmm. when i hear when people are like oh this thing happened to me and it made me feel like this and they you've they've texted all that to yes. someone i think what a nightmare to, to try and communicate that and then to also receive that kind of a message. Mm-hmm. But some people, I don't know, 
you guys are nodding at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I like, oh, like maybe this is just I, a me thing. <laughs> I know. I, I get it. I'm just thinking about something. I recently had, didn't I didn't have to. I chose to send a text message sort of like that to someone, to a friend that I'm like having a conflict with. And it, it does suck. It's not helpful. It sucks. It's yes. Too. It's really scary. And it's it's yeah. born from a, it comes from a place of fear. Yes. One hundred percent. So I was just uh holding that L. Yeah. Yeah. Myself. But I think that I indulge in it and it's because and this is I want everyone to know this who I text a lot. I am on my computer all day long doing my little jobs mm-hmm. and I just have to indulge myself in constant I'm typing the text messages out on my computer it's not even yeah. on my phone and like that is how I pass the day mm-hmm. it's like I do a work task I spend 10 minutes like sending long really long text messages to people <laughs> and like if if I were free and allowed to do whatever I wanted with my time mm-hmm. I would not be sending text messages mm-hmm. to it's purely because I like I feel trapped um and oh. I need to do this to just kind of get this like small little rush of like I don't know whatever you get out of text a messaging connection like, or yeah, connection or like yeah. someone telling me some sort of like interesting random piece of gossip or sharing something and getting someone's opinion on it like but I do think I think or it's making depraved. a plan yeah mm-hmm. and if I if I was could go for a walk a long walk if I go to the cloisters I wouldn't be texting yeah but I'm sitting on my computer doing working on spreadsheets mm-hmm. so. Hell yeah. yeah. In America, that's what you get paid to do. And that's right. You know, <laughs> you'd be a dramaturg if you yeah. lived in Germany. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you'd be a dramaturg. <laughs> and I'd have a, what do you call those phones that aren't smartphones? I'd have a little flip phone. Flip phone. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I want one of those. Have you ever had those, those like minimal phones advertised to you on yeah. Instagram? I had, a, I went on a date with someone who had, like who a had those ago who oh, had yeah. that. And I, I, thought, I thought it was really sexy. <laughs> it looks cool. Okay. It's a cool looking device. I'm looking for my phone because I took a picture of it. But yeah, it's awesome. It's but know. it has Google Maps on it. You, can oh, get, you have Google Maps and then text messages. And that's it. And and you can call people. Oh, but that's I like it. that. Wow. It's really cool. I actually really like that. Yeah. Because you need maps. Yeah. You, need maps you need maps to get places. Yeah. But I've seen a couple, I've seen a couple phones that have that, that are selling that same like stripped down functionality thing. Yeah, no, I I'll, I just, so I, I want to get five. I want to have five brand. or six. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should wrap this up. Totally. Cool. Yeah. Does that mean good I job, have to... Sarah, for doing the tech, and good job, yep. Julia. Yeah. Julia. Good job, Julia. If Thank you. Have questions for Julia? You can put them in the chat, and you have yeah, any questions for seconds. me? Um, Does anyone have anything they want to plug? I'm on a show tomorrow night at Union Hall. Yes. Yep. Speaking Matt of Barat's the, show? Of, Matt Barat's of hating show. performing. That's Sarah's right. on a really cool show tomorrow night. Yeah. This rare, rare feeling. I'm excited for the show. Whoa. I think it's going to be fun. Big deal. And I really like the Simon Haynes Matt Barat's collab. I think it's really funny. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've yeah, already I hear seen, that's good. You should go. I've already I seen mean, but it. But you haven't seen what I'm going to do on it. Really? I haven't seen what you're going to do. You're going to do something new. I'm going to do something new. It's not going to be your global warming. Great episode, joke. says someone. <laughs> Thank you. Um. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be funny on this episode or because I, I was trying to think of funny stuff the whole time, but I was struck by how funny. interested I was in, totally. in, in, in you and wanting to by get beauty, information out brains. of you. Yeah. yeah. And isn't it funny also to indulge in like, I had the question in my mind of when I asked Julia, like, why do you do plays? But I was like, this isn't fucking fresh air. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when Julia has play on Broadway, then we can be interested in oh, When I was seven years old, yeah. I remember seeing, we can but also- then you asked it and I was like, I do want to know. And, so, and we got our answer. Right. Well, you can ask me. I mean, am I allowed to keep hanging out with you guys after the podcast concludes? Or do I have to, like, leave right now? You have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> hang out. Well, it's funny because yeah. we talked about this when Caleb went on. 
this is kind of an epilogue for this, yeah. pod, mm-hmm. for this episode. But when Caleb went on, he was like, oh, you know, it's a bummer when you're listening to like Mark Maron or something and he's interviewing some comedian you don't give a shit about. I only want to hear people talk about their work when they're like mega, exactly. mega fame or they're like a person I really, really love. I don't yeah. care when it's someone I don't know. But then... Felipe, I think, originally said this, and I feel exactly the same way, which is like, I actually love when, when like, local artists or like people who are like making work. Local artist Julian. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. Well, local not, not, fi- not an A-list celebrity. Um, <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> not our biggest guest. Excuse me. Yeah. Right, yeah. When, when, when people who are m- making work at a level where they're like, still trying to figure out how to make it you know pay their bills and stuff like that i think that's really interesting those Mm. people are interesting to talk about and hear them talk about what they're thinking about so Mm. anyways i love asking questions Mm. and we learned a lot (laughs) we learned a lot yeah (laughs) move to germany folks yes become a dramaturg yeah Yeah. become a dramaturg it pays well um the food is cheaper there the beer is really cheap there i know it's I was struck by this too, but when you go to Europe and you walk in the grocery stores, you're like, damn, you're like, damn. the prices are nice. The prices are low and the produce is better. Oh, That's yeah. That's so funny. Because it's grown uh, nearby. That's so funny. This is one of those things when people talk about like, oh, I have to go start shopping at this grocery store because this one's too expensive. Well, I'm like, who has time to look at how much bro, the milk all, costs? They're all shit. And then find another place. <laughs> to me, like the groceries are the groceries. I have uh, to get them no matter the cost. Yeah. I don't even look at individual the, I don't. That's really, the milk. I shop at That's like three different grocery milk. stores <laughs> because I know exactly what is lower priced at like each. I, I go That's, to like... Are you serious? I'm dead serious. How, mm. Where do you store that information in your brain? You're that is unbelievable <laughs> to me. I don't even want second of thought to that Bro, grocery <laughs> stores in new york city are no so bad I'm they're, they're horrible busted. they're horrible you're fucking I don't horrible have any mental space to be thinking about oh i need to go buy the hot dogs are on sale yeah you're gonna there. you just like bulk order nerds rope <laughs> <laughs> that's all you eat for three months <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm really God, I'm about to start a whole other subject. Let's do another episode. But <laughs> I'm not? changing. I'm making an announcement. I'm fundamentally changing my orientation towards time. <laughs> uh huh. Go on. <laughs> We're gonna do another forty minutes. <laughs> and, and energy, because my whole Johnny Froman has really been reflecting this back to me. I'm constantly being like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have any time. I feel so rushed, and it's like, mm-hmm. why? why, why, why? Why? Everyone has the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's an hour is 60 minutes, a minute is 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. But for me, it feels as if it is like flooding by so quickly. So quickly. And I'm obsessed with the loss of it. Every minute that goes by, I'm like, fuck, fuck, wow. fuck. And I just don't want to feel that way. It's too crazy. I feel insane. Damn. Yeah. I feel like on Monday, I'm like, damn, it's almost Saturday. It's going to be Saturday in like 10 minutes. <laughs> like, Do you yeah. think that if you didn't have this full-time job, it would change that? I hope. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, yeah, that yeah. would really, I don't know what then, but I have to, I'm going to make a change. So I'll be different next week on the podcast. I'm going to be, um, stillness style. I'm going to speak really slowly. I'm really stillness present style. Yeah. yeah, still. I, mm-hmm. I recently got a girlfriend and I feels like <laughs> I've, I've opened, it's opened up a lot of time for me. You got one. Finally. Got one. It's opened up time for you. You don't have to date. I reeled you one reeled in. You reeled her in yeah it's opened up a lot of time for me because man i used to spend a lot of time dating you know this sarah but two Mm -hmm. three nights a week you know i could never and you get you lose sleep 
you know i hate that i hate that part. yeah you wake up the next day and you're just you feel like you lose sleep because you're having sex or like yeah, and you having don't sex. sleep that well and, you don't, and, and if they stay over god forbid if they <laughs> oh stay my over god oh my yeah god. sleeping yeah. with a new person oh, it's the totally. worst. every time like i sleep f- with someone i have to come home and go back to sleep totally yeah yeah i just totally. accept that i'm not gonna not gonna sleep that well when they're like yeah. can i sleep over i'm like yeah but can i sleep at your house <laughs> like i don't want to be anywhere near you wake up and you feel like you've played like contact football and you have to like go about your day (laughs) it's like awful it's so bad and last night so those dates were not good i think no i mean they were really fun yeah (laughs) and i miss all of it but uh, no um, you miss the lifestyle but last night i was like well my girlfriend can't hang out with me and will's gone and i don't i don't have enough energy to work and i was like i guess i'll just watch a movie wow and i was like wow. wow this is what like sinking into the middle section of your life feels like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah dang alone and watching a movie <laughs> yeah and i felt it felt nice you've never done that before <laughs> <laughs> well i used to yeah. do that a lot as uh, what before i was like a crazy dater or something like that mm. or or like miking a ton but anyways if yeah it it mm. the expand i felt like there was an expansion of time i won't really want to feel that mm. yeah there's something else that I wanted to say about dating that's funny to me. Oh, that something that I have realized that saves my time is that when I was young, I think a lot of people feel this way. I thought when you're dating someone, you have to think about them constantly and obsess over every message you get from them and you have to tell your friends about it and you have to get their opinion on it and mm-hmm. like you have to do all this like reading of like tea leaves and it just has to consume your mind mm-hmm. like dating someone. And now as an older adult person, I'm like, it can actually be pretty chill you're like yeah. hang out with someone Walk totally away. no Walk what, away. what i realized it's the opposite <laughs> it's like having yeah. a partner is actually taking your romantic life and just putting it on the back burner <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like you do not need to That's think about like, it I, I yeah have this i have this fulfilled i have <laughs> this don't void need filled. to invest in it at all yeah. yeah no but but uh yeah seriously it was like Fuck! Well, I lost what yeah. I was gonna say. Well, we we're going overtime. We're in the epilogue. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But so. before we conclude, I just want to say that I did not try to get Felipe to quit the podcast. I was just being a supportive <laughs> friend. He was venting to me, and we I was just being added supportive. <laughs> we just added ten minutes to this episode. I just wanted to clear my fucking name. <laughs> Listen. Yes. I have oh. a, I have what? a privileged place out, like sort of being in the friend group, but a little bit outside of the friend group, which makes me a good person to vent to. And, and Felipe was just venting to me. Julia reflects back to Felipe it sounds like you really don't like doing the podcast so maybe you should stop that was what was wow. communicated to me I was just a knife saying, in our back I was just yeah. saying there's nothing wrong with quit there's no artistic collaboration that is worth damaging friendships is yes. my attitude mm, so like if you need to motto. quit you need to quit but what about yeah. this Felipe is always wild and out about something yeah you what about that back. that's You're true always wild and out I yeah, know that's enough. true <laughs> that's true well now yeah. I know yeah and then I- well, I, I think, famous, <laughs> I think there's the famous, still a lot of tension here. I can tell. <laughs> and there's been times when the podcast is creating a toxic force in our lives. It's but, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I threw the curveball that I was the one who was going to quit. <laughs> That's, <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That was insane. That was insane. I was always the one who didn't enjoy it. So I was like, this is unbelievable that yeah. they're both quitting the podcast when <laughs> right. I never liked doing it. I, I was just angling to get into the podcast. I was hoping that I could fill, yeah. fill Sam's place. Yeah. All right. That's it then. Have a lovely morning, you Have guys. Have a lovely morning. Have a great it's day. A windy day. And sunny. And sunny. Goodbye. Bye. Raisin Man Arena.